0: And now for another amazing episode of the Pop Zara podcast. It's
1: beautiful life, beautiful day.
2: Beautiful life, beautiful day. Welcome back to the Pop Zara podcast. I'm Ev Wong, editor Woo! at large <laughs> at Pop Zara Press. And today, as promised, We are doing part two of our K-drama edition. If you haven't checked out our previous episode where we talked about social class and food and mental health and subverting traditional gender roles, go check it out. Plus, Nate's not here, so I get control of the topic today. (laughs) 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 And even better, we've invited back our special guest host and K-drama expert, Kat Kim, lawyer by day, Woo! producer, writer, artist by night. So everyone, please welcome Kat Kim. Yay, thank you for having me again. Yay. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy Kat's back here with me again. Are you kidding me? Yay. That is, is so much fun. I love talking to her about K-Drop. We actually talk about it off camera too. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: this is just a continuation of our either ig chat or our regular text chat or whatever have you but i really h- wish people could see what we look like because we all like look like twins we have our high buns <laughs> our thick like you know kind of tortoisey glasses on mm-hmm. it's got a leopard shirt on growl <laughs> and i have my New York black on so how are uh. you here <laughs>
2: exactly <laughs> also if you haven't watched it yet please go check out Um, Kat's previous project called Happy Cleaners. Stream it on Amazon Prime, which Kat co-produced and co-wrote with her amazing team. It's basically about um, the whole, you know, you've heard the, the whole success story behind immigrant families, you know, the ones Americans love to tell the world, love to show the world, to give the impression they're diverse and they treat everyone equally. Well, this story gives you the real tea. So go check it out. There's tons of like difficulties integrating eastern and western values. Like I'm still having problems with that myself. But the real raw truth behind immigrants who start a business in America and who have been there for 20 years and yet are treated as if they just arrived, yeah. it's kind of messed up, right? And mm-hmm. Kat and her team really captured it so beautifully. And even talking about how the children of immigrant parents are like the bridge between the old world and the new world. So stream it on Amazon Prime. You have to check it out because it's such, such a gorgeous story and it hits all the right notes. And warning, you will need tissues (laughs) because I went through a whole like a half box basically when I was watching it. (laughs)
0: Thank you for that plug.
2: Mm, no, honestly, like, I love it so much. So I'm more than happy to plug your work. And speaking of families and their drama. So today's K-drama edition is all about family values, the obsession with education, chibbles, and revenge and grudges. So exciting and really juicy topics that we can really dig into. But first off, cat what is a newer K-drama that you finished lately that you can't get enough of?
0: Uh, It's, I mean, it's new in the sense that it's this year, but it's not new anymore because it's September. That's how, like, fast, like, newer ones come. Mm -hmm. But I have been pushing this for so, like, everybody that's asked me, I've always, like, said it. I may have even said it in episode one. My liberation notes. Mm -hmm. I I freaking loved it so much because it didn't have a lot of, you know, sissy love or love triangles or anything. Mm -hmm. I really like this slice of life thing because, you know, we don't concoct this overly cloying story in our minds. And it just really read like a very you know, slice of life. I mm-hmm. felt like I was just going through day by day with these characters and seeing them develop over time. And it was just like real issues. And I really love the fact that Korea, who like, they've seen mental health issues as a taboo, mm-hmm. they brought it out in the surface.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: they've been putting things like that in the surface. And here, it's some of the characters, they have depression. Mm-hmm. Some of them have alcoholic, you know, tendencies. And I just love that they brought that about and i just really love the non raunchy not cheesy love between uh two of them it, it just seems so real you know the the girl didn't do a weird doe eye kiss where she doesn't even puck her lips and she just lets the guy touch it like it was just like a do you know you're laughing because it's true you know the girl they like do a surprise doe eye look and then their lips don't move and then they just stand their stick. <laughs> and then the guy like this weird like thing. None of that. And I gotta say, Son Sukku is such an amazing actor, mm. and he's hot, but he's just an amazing actor. And he played this character, and I believed his angst. Like I believed his heart. Mm. So that's why I'm like pushing this drama. It's one of my favorites, and it 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 reads. It reads similar to another favorite of mine, which a lot of people don't usually choose, My Mister.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: It's like very dark, very slice of life again. Mm-hmm. And just so much developing, a development of characters that's not overly bearing or overly contrived. Mm-hmm. Go watch My Liberation Notes. Thank you mm-hmm. later, everybody. Yes.
2: And I started my Mister yet. Yeah. I'm starting my Mister as well, so I'm oh, really liking it so far. Yeah,
0: that's a good one because you don't, you can't predict what the story is. Mm-hmm. But then there's just so much. Oh man.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's an onion. Oh. It's an onion completely. Like you peel one layer, yeah. there's more beneath it. Yeah, yeah. I think right, that's awesome. Right. <laughs> You're gonna laugh, but like recently, wow. I finished. Goblin or Guardian, the gloomy and great god.
0: Oh yeah, that's a good one too. That makes no <laughs> sense, but you know, Kongyu is hot. Still yeah, is hot. <laughs> the track is like great. See, that's another type of way you pick out your favorites, right? I mean, that's not my favorite, but then that's what people love, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't even love it. But I love stuff like my Liberation Notes, my Mister, because mm-hmm. it just has like good actors and. Mm-hmm. No, no just eye candy and that's the only reason why you're watching it. I oh yeah. I love the story. Oh yeah. But like, I I can't do that. Now. I watch a lot of things because of eye Candy. I'm human. <laughs> I'm a woman. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think like IU is such a great actress, honestly. Like she has I haven't watched any of her ah. earlier stuff, but like I've heard she's like she's and she went recently to Cannes, to Cannes with broker and she got like a 12 minute standing ovation so where did she wait at at Cannes at Cannes oh she did yeah 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 yeah
0: wow yeah I know uh, talented she's talented I've always been a fan she's Mm -hmm. really pretty
2: oh my god gorgeous gorgeous girl super she she's very she seems very intelligent based on some of the um the interviews I've seen on her own YouTube channel where she interviews other like other pop stars and like she even interviews Gonyu as well and I was like oh my god he's such a dork I love him
0: <laughs> oh she does yeah I, I I must agree with all your sentiments about her like I really do and I just love the fact that you know she didn't have it as easy and mm-hmm. if you read her kind of like family background it's yeah yeah and mm-hmm. she was never, like, picked immediately. She kept auditioning and failing. And, mm-hmm. and I just love that she's, like, a single artist. She never started off as a girl group idol. Not to say girl group idol or bad, but mm-hmm. she did it all herself. And she makes her own music. She plays her own instrument. She plays the guitar and all of that. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, go IU.
2: Yeah, yeah. She's super talented. Um, Also, just like a side note, because I love beautiful men who are goofy, like Gong Yu. Thank you very much. Um, What I really want to say is basically, I only watch Goblin (laughs) because I wanted to be the one to fall in love with him and pull a sword out of his chest. You know, I mean, come on, sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, But on to our first topic, which is the obsession with education. I mean... I personally don't have any experience with this outside of just like the typical get good grades because that'll lead to a successful life and all that you know the typical mentality yeah. of like Asian parents but so Kat what was your parents views on education?
0: I gotta say they brought that over here but mm. it's just a different vessel which is America versus in Korea but if I had to choose from what I know, I'm so glad that I live in America with that obsession with education because in America, I feel like you don't need to necessarily get a 1600 on the SATs or get 800s on everything, get whatever, get an A++ to still go to a good school, right? Mm-hmm. In Korea, it's just like, if you, they do it very cold, very um calculated. It's very quantifiable as to if your score and grades are this you will go to this school mm. so like on that test yeah the korean scts which is the sunneung mm-hmm. if you don't get the highest score or whatever score you might as well either take a gap year to study for one more year to take it the next year where, oh, where wow.
1: you're
0: yeah you're called the jesuseng or oh. you Go to that school that you are only allowed to go. Whereas in America, I feel like me, I was great at uh, communication. I was great at the skill of persuasion. So mm-hmm. like I didn't have high SATs, but my grades were really good. But I also, I think probably had a greater package because, you know, I got to go to a private university, which was pretty decent. I went to Brandeis University. Woo! Mm-hmm. Go judge. but things like that it's just like you can't you can't work on other soft skills to get you to a better school but in korea it's like done Mm
2: -hmm. so i I
0: know a few people yeah i know a few people who um did well on the Nung, but they didn't do well enough to get into the school that they wanted so they took a year off to study every day again to take it again next year and i was like whoa buddy wow like yeah yeah it's crazy yeah and it's so crazy that like parents when you're which is high school third grade which is senior
1: Mm
0: -hmm. moms they schedule their lives around this test and they'll start like finding religion that they never like practiced (laughs) before to be like you know my child needs to get into seoul university and go to med school like that's their dream wow. they,
1: they
0: go to they go to um after school academies you know they pay up because they're like my kid needs to go to seoul university and go to med school or else we're done in society and in life oh my yeah God. it's pretty crazy that is so
2: crazy. much pressure like i mean I understand where immigrant parents had this whole idea that education is the be all end all for like yeah. a great a successful life and everything. But I mean, like even nowadays, you can see so many people who didn't have the best education, but they have a way of leading a successful life. Anyways, there's so many people who are going outside that norm nowadays where they're not attending university They're but they're successful as an entrepreneur because they've like gone a different route kind of thing and yet they can still be successful and I wish parents could see that but I understand that um, education leading to a job leading to a stable job will equal success in essence in essence right Mm -hmm. and then I'm
0: glad you said that because um, I'm sorry i i I need to add this because mm-hmm. when you talked about new entrepreneurs and blah 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 blah, I feel like obsession with education low key or derivatively leads to obsession with money. Because mm-hmm. you have a good you're gonna get a good job and you're gonna get a good money. So in the case of your example of these entrepreneurs, like let's say you have a like our parents have like a kid and then they didn't go to college, but then they blew up on social media or mm-hmm. whatever, TikToks are, whatever, and then they <laughs> rake in millions, right? Mm-hmm. You know those parents are going to be like, oh, you know what? The fact that you didn't go to Seoul University or uh, med school or you, the fact that you didn't go to whatever school in America and be- med school, mm-hmm. I'm okay with it and I forgive you because you're raking in the millions and then this <laughs> mom can now like, you know, flex her. Oh, my kid did this so it's it's like freaking toxic and I freaking yeah. hate it and it's like yeah my aunt is still obsessed with money hi emo I know you still love money so much I need to say that because she just annoyed me the few days ago this few days ago about like yeah whatever.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's almost a scene out of Sky Castle <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, but, <laughs> uh, well, that's only one K drama that it basically exemplifies the whole obsession with <sighs> education. I mean, like, I couldn't, I couldn't really get into it, but yeah, it like touches on. I don't know why I couldn't get into it. It was just too much. Yeah, and was just like I, I honestly, I need to stop.
0: <laughs> but, I think, I think it's not relatable to people outside because it's like so freaking like crazy but you you know what sky castle means right <laughs> s-k-y yeah okay yeah. Let, yeah let's tell the viewers yes sky is a acronym for seoul for seoul university koryo for koryo university yonsei yonsei university those are the top three ranking universities so they have like this gated community a uh, village of like mansions and whatever called sky castle oh my God. <laughs> because they're obsessed with getting into one of those three and going into med school like you know you, you haven't seen it okay spoiler alert mm-hmm. <gasps> these parents they kill cheat lie and steal if they can get their kids into sky mm-hmm. one of the skies. yeah and then there's even a better because you know a kid went crazy because She had a competitor. Oh, my God, guys. But I feel like I feel like low key, there's some degree and a lot of degrees of truth in that. So I'm not surprised.
2: Oh, my gosh, completely. So I have an editing client that I was working with where he told me that he works with both the parents and the students to kind of help them get into specific schools and all that. And then even helping kids transition from like university into a corporate environment and Kid, Like the parents will actually get super abusive with the kids in front of him, in front of him. Like one, one parent, one mom was like super embarrassed about how this kid scored. I think he scored badly on a test or something like that. And she literally picked up her folding chair and beat her child with it in front of him. And it's, and then the kid just accepted it. Like it happens every day. And I'm like, that is frightening wow yeah oh yeah
0: That's
2: crazy. yeah I know and so and I know that it's like an old way of thinking and i and obviously it's a very specific way of thinking But but I don't think school going to school doesn't always necessarily mean success anymore because we have the internet now and we have social media and there's so many other ways okay. to like make your way into the world but I feel like it's the parents nowadays just use it as a way to lift up their own ego and like you said before like to flex oh like the whole thing of like oh my son or daughter just bought me this like LV bag or this Birkin bag or something like that and it's just oh oh my (laughs) god
0: I hate those I hate those Korean ajumas it makes me sick sick. can I do we have time for a funny story yeah please please so I'm like a few years into being a lawyer and, um, you know, Ev, you know me, like, I think that's just the thing I do from Monday to Friday. It's not where my heart is. I mean, one time it was, but not really. It's just how I live. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I had a friend, a good friend who did like party catering and she made like designer cakes you know, those fun ones that are really, you know, yeah. intricate, mm-hmm. whatever, all made out of fondant. So she was dropping off a cake and like she worked with this party planner and Koreans, they do this thing called 돌. Toll is like the first year birthday of your kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like everybody, every female in the tri-state area, they try to one-up each other being like, oh, my kid had the best tour." blah, blah, blah. But they look like weddings because they do it in banquets. So I went to just to help out this party planner because I ain't doing anything on a Saturday. And, you know, this kind of stuff is fun. And I'm just being a good human by helping. Mm -hmm. So I'm there as, quote unquote, the help.
1: Right. Mm -hmm.
0: So I go to this tour, and I'm just there as the help. And the parents are like. Maybe my age or younger. They have a one-year-old kid, and then they have their parents who are first-generation Korean. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But they have a little bit of money. But then because this party was done at uh, Tom Colicchio's restaurant, Craft. Like, who? What? What? One-year-old is like shitting in his diapers, being like, "Oh, I had my first year of birthday at Craft." So, anyways. I'm there helping decorate and stuff. So the grandfather, the father, the father is like my age or maybe younger, and then the baby. So the grandfather, he like kind of does small talk with me because I'm the help. But I guess he was like kind of bored and we were just setting up, mm-hmm. and then he was just like talking to me. He's like, "Oh, do you do this um, every day? Is this your job?" And I said, "No, I'm actually just helping. You know, I'm a lawyer." Mm-hmm. And he, and then his demeanor changed. As if, wow, you are now worthy of conversations. I I kid you not. And then he just kept talking to me and he said, oh, that's great. Because my kids, the parents of the baby, they're also lawyers. And I was like, Great. Like, what the? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? Should I be impressed? Because I'm not. Because I'm a lawyer. So I'm not that pretty impressed. Hundreds thousands people take the test to be a lawyer. I'm not that pretty impressed. But he had to also share with me that they work in big law. Big law means you work in a big corporate law of like three, you know, white Anglo Saxon names, and you oh. get a big. Sexy bag. He was just like kind of telling me this. That's what they both do, and I'm like, great. I mean, I worked at XYZ and that's not uh, whatever, but it's a big bank. So mm-hmm. I- I'm not that impressed. And then he proceeds to ask me what my age is, if I'm married, if I have kids. And I'm just like being very courteous and polite. Mm-hmm. And I should have been like, dude, just STFU and GTFO <laughs> because I-, I-, I ain't got time for this. But <laughs> so then he's like, oh, you're, you know. I was in my early thirties or something like that. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, okay. You still have time. And I said, still have time for what? He said, well, to succeed. <gasps> and I said, what does succeed mean to you? And then he looks around, he goes like this, oh, like this. <laughs> and I was like, wow, y'all are obsessed with this like weird thing about money success what it means and education and you really want to show that off i was so disgusted mm-hmm. and it's crazy because once the guest came it was like all like these korean ajumas it was like a snell party Ugh. and then there, there's God. some chicks that were um guests of it i see on instagram and i just want to <laughs> shove my fingers down my throat and throw up and i'm just like this is why I do life the way I do
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and they
0: do life the way they do.
2: I mean, yeah. Oh my God. So it's a
0: lot with, yeah. So it's a lot with education, which also equals money, which also equals their idea of success, Mm -hmm. which ultimately is basically so they could show off to to everybody that they don't even like, like. Exactly. That's, that's, that's that's the conclusion right there.
2: (laughs) I know it's always about appearances, but they always forget what's on the inside. So I really look at it as like, it looks good on the outside, but they're kind of rotting on on the inside. And just to give everyone like a perspective on academic stress that Kat mentioned earlier, there was an article from 2019 where 34% of South Korean students considered suicide. And this was out of about 9,000 students. And that's ranging from elementary to high school. (gasps) I know which is really sad and that was from the Korean Herald and then there was another one an article from April 2021 where it talked about how one in 3 out, like a poll out of nearly like 5700 students in South Korea consider suicide because of the pressure from academia and that's from Yon Han and 35% of that was female and about 20% was male.
0: Jesus.
2: And Ugh. it's it's insane to think that these poor kids they are so stressed out and like you said they might even take a gap year because they didn't get into the university they wanted and it's just but from elementary school I'm sorry elementary kids are considering suicide because of school oh oh
0: my god that's, sad. that's so sad
2: yeah oh, so
0: sad. and then and like, like like their go ahead. parents mm-hmm. it's their parents. They're the ones that are instilling this. And, you know, also another underlying underlying root of all of this is shame.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And if you don't show up and show out, you're bringing shame to our family. If you don't become a doctor, you might as well just kill yourself. So I feel like parents, they they don't realize how much of a responsibility they have in like curing their mental health or like, you know, Mm -hmm catering to that more so than the ugh, the actual job mm-hmm. because like what happens if your if your kid gets to Seoul and then becomes a doctor they don't I don't think they have any like social kind of capital they don't have like social you know they don't have like that social knowledge and how to deal with others issues and their own emotions so mm-hmm. so what if they become dr Kim? they'll be so freaking weird you know. They, <laughs> They might, you know, kill themselves thereafter. So it's just like Yeah. But still, it's like, I don't care as long as my son is a doctor. Yeah. Let him have social anxiety or issues or beat his wife because he's never learned what emotions are and how to navigate through them. I don't care as long as they're a doctor. Ugh.
2: That is so sad.
0: Honestly.
2: And I think, like, even just in America, like, the whole model minority myth, too, is really damaging for Asians from both, like, the Asian and Western point of view. Like, we're expected to live up to this unrealistic standard that a lot of parents have, like, and a lot of parents have bought into it as well. And they pressure their kids to maintain that standard, which is impossible. And yet, like, year after year, Asian students are, like, they're continuing to level up and they're, like, pushing the bar even higher and they're getting into like there's more Asians getting into like all of these like Ivy league schools and everything. And there was even um, there was an uh, op-ed article from like the LA times where it was called the high school insider from August, 2021, yeah. where it, they said that the admission rates at UCLA were lowered from 14 to 10%. And a lot of Asian American students were rejected from top colleges and that led to depression. And so there's yeah. like the stigma around mental health, where about like 17% rate, like there's a 17% rate of psychiatric disorder for Asian Americans. And about only 9% of Asian Americans will actually go find help versus 18% of the general like American population. And it's mostly because like it's seen as a weakness and it's taboo to talk yeah. about even in the Asian American community. And so I feel yeah. like even... um like in terms of a K drama like I feel the inheritors kind of talk about this they kind of touch on this not in terms of like the mental health aspect but the stress of having to get into the right school based on their grades yeah. and yep. yeah so it's just it's really frustrating to like when I was watching it I was like oh my god these people
1: <laughs> so like oh! yeah.
2: <laughs> but I think it's just it's all about... I... mm-hmm.
0: no 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 and then it's all about specs. Yes. they say the word in korean Spec. oh this person speck is good i'm like what's spec? what are you talking about oh. like so what if they went to this school they're number one and then whatever like how mm. are they at school? are they like trash people or not <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i don't know
1: yeah
2: we all just... need therapy <laughs> <laughs> yes like we all need therapy can please like can we each have a therapist please Uh, uh. oh my god but I think this like and then speaking of the inheritors it kind of ties into the whole um uh, our next topic which is family values and I think that's like a really broad term but for a lot of K dramas, they do focus on it because like family is supposed to be your core world like you do everything for your family and they always come first even over your own self kind of thing and so what sort of like family values did you have growing up cat did you see it like reflected um, in a lot of the k-dramas you watched
0: yeah okay so we did talk about education right mm-hmm. so that's a, that's a huge family value the importance of um education but I think my dad was crazy about it but my mom was not as crazy but oh that's an yeah but then still education was still a family value another mm. family value was um oh Again, going back to shame and I speak about this a lot because it ties in a lot with my you know sophomore project but mm-hmm. the value is how you represent yourself out to the world is not just a reflection of you it's reflection of us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this is important to say because Koreans we use the word our instead of my. Mm-hmm. We never say my sister cat." my family or my grandma it's always our sister our daughter our grandma like my mom if she were to have like a story about me and was talking to her friends she would always say my daughter our daughter did mm-hmm. This. Mm-hmm. so it it's like it's it's a great value because we're a very communal you know group of people but the fact that it's also negative because what you do and how you present yourself out to the world, it's going to bring shame and honor to our family. So that's a huge value. Yeah. I don't know if it's a value, but it is a family kind of creed, I would mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. that's imposed on us. And those are really two big ones that we had to kind of imprint in our hearts and our minds and live live and navigate our not- lives through with these two pieces of creed.
2: Wow. So, I think, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, because uh, I remember reading, uh, seeing people say, Uri cat, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah and yeah, so, I was like, sure. why would they say our instead of my? But then now I realize, uh, as you explained, there is no I in the community. It's like the community, yeah. and that's it yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, like growing up, though, so, for me, it was all about being like, be good, like, behave. and yeah being obviously and being kind to others, always save face as in like, sh- no shame. Don't bring shame to the family <laughs> and, and never talk about the family outside of the home, which I think is a bit critical. <laughs> <because> <laughs> like telling me oh not to be God. judgmental. And then yet my mom was like super judgmental. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So there was one time my nephew, Um, I, I think he was about five and he was in kindergarten. He told my mom that he had a girlfriend, and she's just like, "Oh, okay. So, what's her background?" And I'm just like, "Mom, seriously." <laughs> but anyway, he goes, "No, I know he's five. <laughs> and so he goes, "Yeah, she, like she's Chinese." And my mom leans in and asks, "Taiwan Chinese or mainland Chinese?" I'm like, "Oh my god, what are you teaching you him?"
0: <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> he's five.
2: I know, I know, exactly. What did he say? Um, I can't remember. I think I, I, think he just said, she's Chinese. I don't know. <laughs> so I was like, wow. Why are you teaching him the difference? Like, what does it matter? And I, wow. I don't know. But yeah, so I think it's just funny where like there's all these old world values and there's a yeah. new world, but they're trying to force the old world values down our throats. <laughs> yeah. just understanding where we're at in the new world. <laughs> yeah uh yeah
0: and it's interesting because you know a lot of uh koreans we have christian backgrounds Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and christianity the main tenets tenets are love god love others Mm -hmm. um and also your value is not of this world or whatever but it's so interesting that koreans are christians and i'm not saying this to besmirch my community or judge or criticize them but i just want to tell facts as facts Mm -hmm. they're christians but i feel like sometimes the cultural aspects trump their christian values and it's Mm. just so bizarre to me because we should be doing the opposite so it it blows my mind sometimes the conversations or like the statements that people in my family say it's just like bizarre to me mm-hmm. because they're based off of like Confucian principles if, if you will <laughs> oh wow so it's just also like you're a Christian but you want to hold on to that it, I don't know I don't know Ev mm-hmm. and I'm only very passionate about this because a few episodes down pubs are maybe we can have our chat about our soft, my sophomore project but
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know it's all kind of so bizarre to me so bizarre
2: yeah, I think it's hard for them to integrate both the yeah. like Confucian like way of thinking and then also the Christian values too. And I think that yeah. is also similar to like integrating the Eastern and Western in a way that's more seamless True. versus just like very like abrupt and very kind of confusing True. for so many other people. And Thank I mean, you. like, my mom, I, like, I still run into that myself. And my mom, she tries to force this, she tries to force it down my throat. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm like, I was born in the West. I don't know why you're yeah. trying to, like, shove these Eastern bodies. And I mean, like, I understand. No. But yeah, so, it's just, but it was like, her biggest thing was that she was so obsessed with image. And like the outside, like, I, like we mentioned earlier, the outside had to be perfect. It doesn't matter what your inside is it's just like you had to look perfect on the outside and it's just that is so infuriating to me and then why yeah. I'm still trying to work through it myself like just even trying and it's even like reflected in my own health too because like I just got like some acupuncture done and cupping you know like the cupping where it kind of like um it sticks to your skin yeah oh my god like it's purple on my back right now. I have purple circles on my back to show me where all the like stagnations are and all like the parts where obviously I did not pay attention to my health. So it's just, uh, yeah, it's just, I think it's so funny how they just want us to be this beautiful shell and that's it. There's nothing behind it. It's just a beautiful Ah. shell. Yep.
0: Mm. Oh, Oh man.
1: Yeah,
2: it
0: makes me so like upset. And you know, it's funny, and we laugh about it when we watch it in K dramas play out. But mm-hmm. again, it has to have some degree of truth to it, mm-hmm. right? Life imitates art; art imitates
1: life. Yeah, they're
0: coming. Stories come out from like this cultural acceptance of some of these things. It's part of their culture, and mm-hmm. that's how it's being played out in K dramas in such an entertaining way. Mm-hmm. So yeah I'm glad that they kind of highlight it and it's just and we watch
2: it for entertainment but it's I very know. very true it's very real um, it's very it's based it's like inspired by true stories
0: <laughs> yeah it very much is wow oh my gosh
2: yeah and I think like social media is also it reflects in that as well where it's just like it's beautiful on the outside but you never know what's actually going on on the inside yeah mm-hmm. oh man yeah <sighs> but I also found it really funny I I also also found it really funny where um, like in The Inheritors where the second son is considered illegitimate because his mom was a mistress but they have to pretend like his mom was someone else just to keep up appearances and then how that sort of scandal could destroy their reputation I was just like really? I don't know girl oh
0: my god it's like, it's like that cartoon image that I see mm-hmm. of like, like a character on a boat, like a inflatable boat. One hole pops up and then you see the water spiking up and they put their finger in it and thinking they've solved the problem. Mm-hmm. But another pops up and they put the other finger in it. And it's like <laughs> this funny image until that in- entire inflatable thing just goes up in, you know. Mm-hmm. water and you know you drown and i think that's the entire image of like he, uh koreans and how they want to you know hide all of this information that's within
1: mm-hmm. and
0: try to you know put a band on all of these but they're really not going to the root of it they're just like okay one lie after another no he's not illegitimate. He's just like my son from whatever. And then yeah, you're right. That mom had to like hide in that mansion, right? Yeah. That's that's so sick. That's so sick. And you know, that bastard kid, he was never totally recognized as a kid because he was a bastard kid. Oh, it makes me so sad because like, they think they're helping the problem. I mean, you know, solving their problem, but then it's causing so much angst and that kid's gonna need a lot of therapy for never (laughs) feeling like wanted or oh my god is this our therapy session or is this (laughs) i don't know
2: (laughs) yeah i feel like it is like we're really bringing up a lot of stuff that we need to discuss like this is our therapy for sure (laughs)
0: but like what why koreans do that going back to what you said saving face Mm -hmm. or being a pretty shell of something as long as you look okay to the world mm-hmm. in this pretty package on the outside it doesn't matter if you're going to get cupped and your back is going to be purple and you're like rotting on the inside
2: exactly but no
0: it doesn't matter oh.
2: exactly exactly what I found really interesting is like I saw this IG post where it said due to generational trauma some people don't have elders they have people in their family who have gotten older but not wiser
1: older I
0: saw it too <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah oh my god
2: yeah
1: yeah
0: and what do you think about that what do you think about that like him I know that you know our parents generation they're like in their 70s and 80s mm -hmm. if you have grandparents they're like damn near 100 now what Mm -hmm. what do you think about that stuff like I know that we can't change their minds no but what's our resolve for all of that
2: I personally think And I recognize during the pandemic too, just even after talking to my mom and hearing her story and just hearing about her trauma. And I know she's stuck at 16 emotionally. I get that. Like I do. And I I forget it sometimes, but she's stuck there. And so I can't talk to her when she's having a tantrum. And when I say tantrum, I mean like she's literally having a teenage breakdown and she'll give me the silent treatment like a lot of teenagers do. (laughs) and she'll like she just will pass by me and oh. will talk to me and it's just and I mean for me I just think okay I have to remind myself that this isn't actually her I know that she loves me like oh. just on on like an actual like mental level I understand that emotionally I know that she's like hurt by something that She doesn't find something that I did that she doesn't approve of. And I have to remind myself constantly that like I can only work on myself. I can't save her as well. At the same time, I have to save myself first and then anything else that ripples out will hopefully help her and show her that she doesn't need to like, maybe she can go see a therapist as well, which she refuses to because she doesn't believe in that. So yeah I know I know I know the cat just gave me a really shocked expression like uh, my mom doesn't believe in therapy she she doesn't think it she thinks she has an old school mentality around it where it's just that you don't talk about something with a with a third party who is outside your family you don't talk about it with them because why are you exposing our secrets it's only going to be used against you
0: oh my gosh girl we need to okay, let's revisit this combo in a few episodes. Because yeah, yeah. Girl, oh my god, yeah, yeah, and yes, we need to tie it back to K dramas. But I do understand your mom's pain, mm-hmm. but I think it's up to us because now we're recognizing it, right? Mm-hmm. Because there are people like I will say, you and me, who mm-hmm. recognize it, who are committed to the change and committed to not being shameful, committed to uncovering some of our truths because mm-hmm. why not? Yeah. But there are people in other buckets and that's totally fine. They'd yeah. rather bury it. They, they'd rather imprint those values onto them. And then they'll subconsciously pass it on to their kids. Totally fine because that's how they do it. You know, trauma reflexes is, is flight, or f- flight or fight. Mm-hmm. You can choose flight. Or you can choose fight. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I totally get it. But going back to the um example about your mom and you, like you're choosing to understand it, recognize it, acknowledge mm-hmm. that trauma, and then I'm sure you're gonna pass down something different where it's not gonna it's you it stops with you. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Me yeah. Though. And I think that's a great resolve for us. Uncover that, uh, pa- unpackage that, and let it come to the light. Because mm-hmm. if it's not going to come to the light now with us, it's going to come sometime. But it's also going to, like, mess up your kids, the generations thereafter. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I don't know. Girl, is this yeah. therapy or is this <laughs> drama? Because, like... I'm certain Oh man. Wait a few episodes.
2: (laughs) There are parallels there. That's for sure. But speaking on passing on things, um, definitely passing on trauma. There's also just like passing on whole, like whole conglomerates or wealth as well. So like, we're going to talk about some chibbles. I'm not as well versed in chibbles. So I'm going to let Kat explain exactly what, how a chibble is actually defined.
0: OK, I'm going to be tongue in cheek because I'm not versed in them either, because, <laughs> you know, I'm too low to be within their uh, orbit. But what it is, is like a de facto inheritor or an inheritor to be mm-hmm. of a big Korean conglomerate, e.g. chemical companies or Samsung Or these big, huge companies, you are the inheritor to be of that. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because within that, you can't just be the heir to the throne of that. There's a lot of inside fighting, inside politics within your family as to who is the inheritor,
1: Mm -hmm. like to be
0: the best person to be, you know, and it's just a lot of mess within that. But They do that so that they can keep this, like, generational wealth and Mm -hmm. conglomerate life within the family, pass it to generations and generations. I mean, Mm -hmm. I wish to date a (laughs) chebol, but (laughs) I'm too low. I'm too low for them. So that's the kind of, like, mindset and culture of a chebol. And also, chebos can only marry other chebos. And that's either for politics, like,
1: Uh... I'm a... (laughs)
0: CEO of this company. You, you've seen it in a lot of key dramas. Yes. Like they'll do tons. Ton is like a blind date, but for the purposes of marriage. Yeah. So if there's like a if there's a son who's like the heir to be of this conglomerate, they'll try to match them up with another conglomerate daughter
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: for politics. Like, oh, the merging of those two companies would be good. So they use like their kids for marriage, but also on a social level and cultural capital level, it's like their family's daughter is worthy of my son. Mm-hmm. Because of Like the cultural capital, like level, they're in the same level. It's all, it's like a de facto caste system.
2: Yeah. I think you know? if you watch the inheritors, it actually shows you, like, I think one of the characters tells, I think the, the female main characters that, oh, this person is, part of this category this person is part of this category this person is this category and and then also based on the your parents ranking or what sort of business that they inherit or and it just it, there's so many it's tiered it's there's so many different levels it's kind of insane I feel <laughs> like. it is.
0: oh my god yeah and it's funny because um there are a lot of k-dramas mine mine is one mm-hmm I think that's on your list. Mine is one. It had a lot of like Chebou related stuff to it. Um, mm-hmm. The most recent one, Remarriage and Desires, it actually is like a dating kind of setup thing, but it's ah. for millionaires for other millionaires. And oh, it's so cringy. It is so <laughs> cringy. And like, they even, they even learned like the, all oh, like the names of American things that uh represent being rich. Like, Oh, this guy—he's from Goldman Sachs or whatever—and it's just like, oh, I'm—it's so cringy, and oh, it's just. You know, <laughs> you
1: know, so <laughs> yeah. it's oh, you're kidding! No, that's
2: so weird. Yeah. Oh my god. So funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember, and there's yeah. even like crash landing on you. Or crash yeah crash landing on you where there's a fight among all the siblings about who because there's three of them there's three kids and there's like a fight yeah. for who will take over the president's position in the company because there's two older sons and then but the dad wants to pass it on to the youngest daughter who already runs her own company so it was just like it was really funny to <laughs> to see that <laughs> the two older sons are such uh. idiots as well <laughs> <laughs> or, well like one's an idiot and the other one is just like he's um he's really conniving because he try like basically his sister lands in North Korea and he tries to keep her there so that they, the shareholders can have their meeting and he can be voted in as the president kind of thing so yeah I
1: yeah
0: wow. <laughs> it's like you guys like all of this war can't you guys think about when you were kids and like Played with each other as siblings, it, it's like wow! Like, don't you like your sibling? I don't know. It's oh, yeah.
2: And that's all
0: that. That's how they're being brought up. This is the culture, and this is just, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it, but
2: yeah. Hey, well, do
0: if, if that's your life,
2: live yeah. your devil
0: life. I'm sure it's fun. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I know you have access to everything. And yet you probably miss the one thing that you actually want, which is like love or some sort of emotional connection. And like you said, like if they chase money, then it's just everything looks good on the outside, but they're kind of rotting on the inside as well. So I think like, oh, just to kind of put some facts and figures on it. So I found this 2020 US article called charting the growing uh charting the growing generational wealth cap for baby boomers they hold more than half the wealth in a US household which is 59 trillion dollars in comparison millennials right now only hold about five trillion and gen x comes in at 29 trillion So I think like generational wealth is possible. However, a lot of families still lose almost all their money by like the second or third generation. And I think there's like some sort of third generational curse. And I know that that I think that's said in a lot of Chinese cultures where the third generation has the curse of they may or may not have all the wealth that their grandparents started out with and
1: Whoa.
2: yeah yeah but it's mostly because like and just because like your parents are wealthy or your grandparents were wealthy doesn't always mean that you're going to be wealthy too if you don't have like the right guidance or if you're not yeah. like business savvy or if you don't have any sort of like money-making skills because that yeah. sort of that will ensure that you'll your wealth continues to grow as well and then on top of that they have like familial disagreements about like we said in crash Landing. up on you, who gets to inherit the wealth also becomes that issue. And you will even see it in the inheritors where two estranged brothers have to come together to stop someone else from taking over their, um, the, the mom, their mom, not their mom, mom, but she was just like the placeholder mom kind of thing where she was trying to take over the dad's company. And like, personally, I've also had this issue with my own family because So my dad has, like he and his brother, my uncle run their own business and they've had it for quite some time and it's a land surveying business. And my brother owns, right now he owns 75% because both my uncle and my dad have passed on and, but he wants to take over the entire company. My mom holds the 25%, which was my dad's. And once she passes away, half of that will go to my brother and half of it will go to me. And in the beginning, I didn't want it because I was just like, oh, you know, I'm not part of the business and I haven't worked there since I was 20. So like, I don't care, whatever. But my mom said, you know, this is part of your inheritance. You should really consider holding on to it. And that's why my mom hasn't signed it all over to my brother yet. So, but there was one point where like, my mom, my brother and I were all sat down at the kitchen table and he said, he challenged me. He goes why do you think you deserve this and I thought oh oh I, I didn't I didn't realize that I had to be worthy to be deserving of something that my dad was going to leave to me in the first place yeah. yeah and my mom was the one who and despite all her trauma she's the one who backed me up she said no that is part of yours and I'm gonna hold on to it as long as I can and I said oh okay like Thank you. Like I didn't, I didn't realize that. And like, like we've discussed all throughout this episode, money just kind of makes people crazy.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> it
0: just—it honestly. Just the Asian people. I mean, I'm sure all others, but because you and I are Asian and we're talking about K-dramas, let's talk about it in our lens. But yeah, yeah. it does. It really makes us crazy. Yeah, and it goes all the way back to the first topic we talked about. It's obsession with education and shame and you know what you can bring and then it's all because of money like it's crazy so then I don't know as much as you want to share what happened did you say it's mine or are you guys gonna fight now
2: (laughs) I don't know it kind of didn't get resolved but like wow like, yeah. I'm sorry yeah and it's just like my mom she was very firm about that she said no like I'm going to we're going to discuss this at another time this is also another Asian thing to, to do it's just like let's just sweep it under the rug for now and we don't need to look at it until much
1: later yeah. when everything blows up so.
0: is, is it okay even that you're talking about this in the open, on a public forum, like, would your mom be pissed that you're talking to the public right now? Oh, she probably course. would be, right? She would be
2: so <laughs> pissed off. I'm like, I don't give a fuck, whatever. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, my God.
2: Yeah, it's, just, like, this This is shit that keeps happening, right? So, and, I mean, like, who knows? It, eventually, I might just tell my brother, you, if you really want it that badly, you can buy me out. You can buy out my portion then, and that's it. Good. But... Until then, I hope my brother doesn't hold a grudge against
0: me. <laughs> I was just gonna say, great segue under a last topic because, like, once that happens, he's not—he's not gonna be happy with you for a while. Not just a few months; he probably won't. Right? I don't even know your brother, but because he's Asian, <laughs> yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> There's some oh, typical my traits.
0: God. <laughs> wow, and yes, uh, re- re- revenge and grudges—we yeah. are so good at. you hold on to that for the lifetime
2: yo yeah it is crazy I mean like I have so many examples of grudges I've seen in the real life and there are so many k-dramas with revenge and grudges at its core so what are some k-dramas that you can recommend that deal with revenge or grudges or both oh um I love
0: Vincenzo Mm. it's an entire it's an entire k-drama on that oh I really loved Hotel de Luna because mm. at the end like, the last episode I was just like bro all you could have done is say I'm sorry or I was just great like that's it you know things like that it, it it blows my mind that they went through 16 episodes and it was all oh that was it <laughs> you should just you should have just called her or said yeah oh my god um there was another one that i saw it was a really bad one but then some guy that i was like kind of talking to told me to saw it immortal souls anyways it's a fantastic it's all like fantasy but it's about a grudge for thousands and thousands of oh. years and constantly reincarnate to like whatever um Gobly, the lonely and great god it's i mean it is a revenge and curse by some like witch who yeah. was like you know but it's just like girl he just made fun of you that's it like chill out you think about it it's not really that deep but wow the grudge and I think it shows up a lot in family and I bet our oh, family yeah. if we lived in a fantastic world of like magic and stuff we'd probably come back and like you know raise hell to c- kind of constantly keep on to that grudge but I've seen grudges in families mm. like friends families that go on for decades and then they finally like figure it out when one of like their parents
2: or whatever is on their deathbed yes yeah it is the saddest thing I think oh my god I have a story to tell about that but like I really liked um mystic pop-up bar so that also talks about um grudges and actually healing people's grudges too so like the, the main character was ostracized and she had like because someone and also someone killed her, killed her mom. So she hangs herself from a sacred tree and is punished for it where she has to settle a 100,000 grudges before she can move on. And it's like it's really I really liked it. I thought it was really funny, too. So it's really cute. But it's just. Um, But also, it's really interesting because I looked into this where there's an August 2021 article from Very Well Mind. It talks about how a grudge results from, like, holding, obviously, negative feelings, mostly anger or resentment. And it can take a toll on you, obviously. But we don't care, right? We just want to hold on to that grudge. And it's, like, physically, socially, and emotionally, it keeps you trapped in that cycle of, like, anger. And it takes longer. And it'll take a longer for you to actually get out of and that affects your like mental health and physical health and even triggers some more stress within your system and there's yeah. also like um another article from September 2022 20, from Psych Today where it talks about why we hold on to them and what we can do about it so like for the most part why you hold on to something is really based on your own innate personality characteristics like maybe your childhood experiences of dealing with conflicts and having a very black and white view of people and having them fall into like the whole you're only good or you're only bad categories and you don't see yeah. people as human who can make mistakes and right. you know, there is no gray for you and it's just i in a way to deal with grudges, what you can do is really just accept and apologize or if you're wrong, um, forgive the person and move on, or literally just get professional help to guide yeah. you through that. And yeah. I feel like, <laughs> so <laughs> my my grandmother on her deathbed, as you mentioned, <laughs> like finding oh. all, all this shit on her deathbed, <laughs> but basically, so we had to put our, my grandmother into a nursing home because she... Yeah had Alzheimer's and dementia and we could not provide her with proper care. And back then my parents weren't really, weren't really okay with bringing in um, like a nurse or something uh, who could live with her constantly because she lived with us. I was a teenager at the time and she, so on her deathbed, my mom was standing kind of like to the left of her by her head. And I was kind of by her, like her knee kind of thing while she was lying in bed I was sitting on the ground and she kind of looked around. This was like, obviously her last breath looked around at all of us. And then she gets to my mom. She takes a deep breath and glares at her and then dies. And, I have to say, like, she couldn't say anything because she had taken out her dentures and she kept taking out her dentures. So her mouth was misshapen and she she couldn't wear her dentures anymore. So at that point, she just could talk with us with her through her eyes. And she glared at my mom right before she died. And it was like she was cursing my mom for putting her into Mm -hmm. a home. And she just never understood it. Right, so she was angry the whole entire time. She was there for like six years too, so she was very a very very angry, angry woman. Yeah,
0: that entire story makes me so sad for mm-hmm. both parties, and it's just wow. Like, what year was that?
2: Uh, two thousand
0: three. I'm sure your mom's been holding on to that look for some time.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But I, have to, I and- do have to say, like, there's more backstory to it. But my grandmother and my mom have never had the best relationship. And yeah, so it's unf- and even like since she was born, basically. So it's really unfortunate. But that is just what happened. So
0: and this is your mom's mom.
2: This is my mom's mom. Yeah.
0: You know what, though? You alluded to this earlier and I wanted to say it. The reason why we have revenges and grudges, all of those things you said, yes. But I think at the root of it, it's forgiveness. You're choosing mm-hmm. not to forgive. You want to exact revenge because you're wrongdoer. You're just like, no, F it. I'm going to like make sure that their lives are hell because you're just like, I'm not going to forgive them. Grudges, same thing. It's like yeah. all the root. And it's just crazy because um, I think a lot of Asian families they just have a lot of. First of all, we're good at everything. We're <laughs> diligent about. Shit. So if we're gonna hold a revenge or a grudge, you best believe that's gonna be a thousand dollar. I mean, thousand years. We're gonna build a tree like Hotel de Luna, a grudge holding tree, <laughs> or do something like the top bar. like. You better take care of x thousand grudges before you <laughs> could even like win or like you know leave the world. And we're freaking diligent about it that we do revenges and grudges so well. Yeah, And it's crazy because, you know, I, I shared this with others and I say, you know, as the person who holds the power to forgive, you think that you are the winner that you have power that you are triumphant mm-hmm. but in actuality if you don't forgive you're actually bound and chained
1: mm-hmm. bound
0: and chained by the effects of like the wrongdoer bound and chained by that imagine <sighs> i sometimes imagine like if you're not forgiving I wonder what that other party is doing. Like, are they even thinking about this as hard, like as hard as you are? Are, Yeah, they're probably just living their lives sometimes, right? Yeah. So it's just like, well, bless your mom and grandma. But like, I feel like your grandma didn't get to do that. But I feel like your mom has a chance to forgive your grandma, and I hope that happens. But Mm -hmm. to tie it all in it's just about forgiveness. And I think yeah. you choose that. And like, when we don't choose and we are committed to something, we are dang committed. We are dang committed <laughs> to not forgiving. Wow. Thousand, thousand year tree of brush. Oh my God. I don't know. But yeah. I think for them. Yeah. Man.
2: It will. And it will pass on. Like, and I believe in like reincarnation. So I see it in multiple, multiple lives. It, like, yeah. you'll like feel some sort of resentment towards someone or something. And you're just like, I don't know why right. I don't get it. I don't understand this reaction, but it is just something that will live on because, uh, Oh, just even like that Japanese movie, Gr- the grudge <laughs> It's called Juon, And it yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just so insane. And I think there's even like a Korean version too. I think I can't remember. I, yeah. I saw something like that.
0: I thought it was Juon.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay. So it is called that. Um, yeah, and <laughs> I know it's just unfortunately, um, uh, but I think a lot of people do if you do hold a grudge or you do hold any sort of revenge towards someone, please seek help because I think that's gonna damage you, yeah. your physical body, your it takes up way too much mental space, let's be honest. And you because, can put that energy towards yourself and towards making your life even better than that per- other person that you have a grudge towards.
0: Wow. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: It, it just makes me really sad. But yeah. Yeah. I, I know. It's a good I know. That's such a good point. So thank you so much for bringing that up. I know that we could yeah. definitely talk about these topics forever. Um, yeah. However, but we're going to have to wrap it up. So one last question for you. What are some yeah. K-drama tropes you'd like to see more of? or less of if any
0: um wow that is an interesting oh my god that is such
1: an interesting question um i want to see i mean again i want to see
0: like i guess tropes you mean in terms like the topic itself or like an actual character trope that you want like is that what your question is leading to
2: more about the topic the topic okay Mm -hmm.
0: i want to see more mental health issues coming Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. yeah what about what about instead of a a thousand year grudge what about a thousand year forgiveness (laughs) You know, how about how about reparations or mm-hmm. a rehabilitation of a family? yeah right? I mean, we do have um great stories and great families and community in K-dramas like Reply, but mm-hmm. what about like something that's just so forgiving, you mm-hmm. know, things like that. I don't know. I feel like it, it we're still not there yet, mm-hmm. especially with in mental health issues. We did make strides in episode one. We did talked about Attorney Woo and autism.
1: Yeah. But
0: more about these mental health issues. I want to see scenes with the trope of doctor patient, like uh, therapist patient on yes. a couch that we yes. see in American sitcoms uh, or whatever. Yeah. And we've normalized that. That's a comical trope sometimes. Mm-hmm. I want to see that in Korea. I want to see that in Korea. Mm-hmm. and normalize it and I I tell my mom uh, I tell my aunt more and more I have a therapist and I see her and I need that it, I, it would it wouldn't be New York of me
2: yeah. if I didn't have a therapist exactly So I,
0: I want them to normalize that more in K dramas. Mm-hmm. how about you same question
2: I, I also agree that I think mental health would be a huge factor and I think that would help a lot of other people to get help or just even like have the parents realize how much academic stress is actually really destroying their children and just realizing that you know it's not the end of the world if they don't get into a specific university they can still be successful in other ways and I wish that parents yeah. would be able to see that and hopefully they can find some way to incorporate that into K dramas and make and normalize that as well.
1: Yeah. And
2: yeah. I also really liked um, if, if it's possible to actually show a bit more interactions between foreigners with um, in Korea, where like in Itaewon class, where they had the black guy, um, Tony, and how he could speak Korean because he's actually, he he was actually half Korean. So he could actually speak it and have people realize that oh you know this is actually normal it's okay it's okay to have outside people come in and to talk or to just um just to interact with them yeah Mm -hmm. yeah but I don't know I mean like until they actually tried to consult us They can check out our two episodes so far and we can talk about it some more. I'm happy to consult. Kat and I are happy to consult on this.
0: (laughs) Yes, I'm happy to consult.
2: <laughs> uh, but yeah, so sadly we've come to the end of our K drama edition. We hope you love this and it inspired you to look into some more K-dramas for the first time or perhaps found some new ones that you can discover. And I would love to give it over to Kat for, and I would love to thank Kat for joining me today. And I would love to give it to, over to her to like provide any sort of shameless plugs that she has for any project she has going on.
0: Yes, uh, I'm so happy to be here and I know, I say this again, the backdrop is K-dramas and it's fun and it's entertaining, but I'm really glad that we brought some issues like within the Korean community to light. I'm always working on things with a Korean American lens because (laughs) if you couldn't tell, (laughs) I'm Korean American. So I'm so glad and I'm just so glad that people are interested in, you know, the Korean culture, Korean American culture. So my shameless plug Tune in. Um, I've alluded to this a few times during this episode, but tune in. I'll always let uh Ev know so that she can kind of plug it on Pop Zara, maybe come back on for an interview, but that's my shameless plug. And you know, thank you everyone. If you if you need a K drama rec, follow me on Instagram at JustCatKim.
2: <laughs> I was about to say, I'm like, okay, and her IG is. <laughs> But thank you so much again for joining me. I always love chatting with you, my friend. I think it's always so much fun. And you and I connect on so many different levels. And I think it's awesome. I'm so glad we met. And thank you to everyone who listened for this episode. Again, cannot wait to continue talking about this some more. So until next time, make sure you check out our first episode as well. So we'll chat soon. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Pop Zara
0: podcast. Remember to like, follow, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app or service.